0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 317.
1: Well, you should know what type of market it is. Like, what is the main play there? What are the buyers doing? Right. So if you're going to be a wholesaler, you want to think, okay, what is the end buyer's game? Like, Mm -hmm. are they flippers like in California? Are they developers like in Nashville? where they're knocking homes down, building two in its place, or is it a renter's market? Mm -hmm. And that's the type of market where it's probably more lower price point market um, and you're getting a lot of multi-unit buyers and hedge fund activity.
2: the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim.
0: Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Brent Daniels. And if this is your first time stumbling across us, welcome. You are about to experience the absolute number one best wholesaling podcast on planet Earth. And if you're one of our loyal listeners, one of our Rhino Tribe members, welcome back. Thank you guys so much for all the love and support. And most importantly, thank you so much for sharing the successes that you're having out in the marketplace by just listening to this podcast, taking the instruction that you get from this podcast and turning that into deals in your market. You know, we've talked we talk about on this podcast a lot about wholesaling virtually. Okay, what what that means is basically you live somewhere, maybe it's a major market, and this happens a lot. You know, we talk to people that live in a major market and they feel like either because there's big companies that have just huge marketing budgets or it's a place where there's a different real estate seminar every single weekend pumping new people into the into the industry. But for whatever reason, it's easier for some people in some bigger markets to work in smaller markets or virtual markets that don't have as much competition, or maybe the deals are just easier, or they have a home base there that they can easily sell to a lot of their cash buyers. Well, this is the perfect example. This interview that I'm going to have today is with Lauren Hardy. She is out of Orange County, California, but She virtual wholesales, not only does she virtual wholesales, she's done over 40 deals this year. This woman is somebody that you really want to take notes on because she is going to blow your mind with her processes, her mindset, and her ability to get deals. So with all that, I want to introduce the lovely Lauren Hardy. Say hello.
1: Hey, Brent, how are you doing?
0: I am doing awesome. Welcome to the podcast. This is a while. Lauren and I have known each other for over two years. Uh, we've kind of we've seen a lot of changes in each other's businesses, and this is exciting. It's it's exciting to have you on here. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of background of what you do before wholesaling? How'd you find it, and what's going on now?
1: Awesome. Well, so a little bit about me. I started in more corporate real estate. I was working in commercial real estate, working for just different companies. It was definitely like the eight to five grind. And it was, you know, before I had a kid, it was totally fine. I could handle it. I thought, oh, I'm going to like, you know, aspire to be like a CEO of a company one day. And um, as soon as I had my daughter, that changed. I realized it was so difficult. I was like commuting an hour there, hour back, you know, working. So basically, I wouldn't pick up my kid till like six o'clock at night and see her for like an hour. And then had to like, bathe her and put her to bed. So it it was really tough. I wanted more freedom. At the time my husband, I'm actually now a single mom, but at that time um I was married and my husband had a corporate job too. So we like neither of us had any flexibility at all. And it was my goal, I didn't care what I was gonna do, I was going to have a more flexible career. Um, I didn't. It could have been anything. I mean, I could have ran into anyone and said, hey, you should do this. This will make you money. And I would have jumped on it. It just so happened that my brother started flipping houses a couple years before me. And I thought, "Okay, you know, it was I never thought to do what he did. But I was like, all right, well, you have a cool schedule. Tell me about it. So That got me into flipping houses. I started with some courses, you know, like the Norris group had a course and Mike Cantu had a really funny course, old school guys. These are like some of the original, you know, educators of our time Uh, before it just blew up. And I listened to their courses. I said, all right, I'm doing it. Like I went at it full speed. I started with direct mail. And so I started as a house flipper uh, in the Southern California market. This was 2011, it was a lot easier at that time to flip houses based on where the market was. So, I sent some mail, I got a deal. I think my first deal the net profit was like 60 grand and I was like, this was so easy. Like I just made <laughs> more money than I did at my corporate job for a year and I did this like on my lunch break. Like literally like an hour a day of calling sellers back. I made my salary. So I was like, all right, let's keep doing this. So I went with it for about a year. I worked both. I had you know, my corporate job, eight to five, and I would just on my lunch breaks, talk to sellers, make offers. And I flipped like three houses that year. Um, at that point, I was also pregnant while I was doing that with my second um, daughter. So I thought, okay, if I can like, make enough money where I have some in savings. I have my salary and savings. Like I'll quit when I have her and I just won't come back after maternity leave. Uh-huh. So I did that. So that was my start. Um, I'd also like to say I started with no money. Like I, I did not mean my ex-husband did not have any money at all. I started with a credit card. So I had like a, I think like an $11,000 balance or something on my credit card, like or a limit on my credit card. And I was like, all right, Here's my investment. <laughs>
0: Here, here's my marketing budget. Yeah, here's
1: my marketing budget. Like, let's hope I can make this back. So, um, so yeah, I started with nothing. Started with a credit card and some uh, education, and it evolved. So, I went from doing those deals. I started dipping into wholesaling. I was wholesaling in Southern California. These are mainly flip projects, and it got tougher. It it got harder as the years went by. I was hearing from sellers, everyone. Oh man, I get these postcards in the mail all the time. And I'm talking to five different investors and I have also these agents knocking on my door. And, you know, I realized that I really live in a pretty difficult market and you in Southern California, you have to be really competitive to be able to make it here. Right. And I think it's, great that I got my start there because I learned to be very competitive. And that has put me ahead in the virtual markets I'm in. But it's very difficult when you're in a market like Southern California, say LAOC type market, very high price. Everybody wants to live there. You're not just competing with investors. You're competing with just regular people who have cash. Um, There's Chinese investors that dump their money in California real estate. So just being able to say, oh, I'm a cash buyer and I can buy as is, isn't really that competitive. Right. Like, like, cool. So are you and like a million other people. So give me the highest price you can. And that price is like not something I can make money off of. So anyway, um, I read the writing on the wall and I decided to look into out of state markets. Um, I have experience getting into three different out of state markets, um, all very different types of markets. So, I feel like I have a very well-rounded experience with working virtually in different types of markets. So that's cool.
0: Well, Uh, it's really, it's really interesting, Lauren. Uh, You were talking about you have your daughter, you have your job, you have to pick her up at six, you barely have time. Like, and then you have another, your second daughter's coming and you're like, okay, we got to figure this thing out. It's really interesting to me. You know, a lot of people put on, their their walls or their dream boards or whatever are in their mind uh, the big house the 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 car the the vacations not many people put on their freedom of schedule right yeah. not, you, you know what I mean but That's I think it, yeah. if you ask a lot of the really 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 successful people in whatever business freedom of schedule is number one. I mean, having that opportunity to decide, you look at your, your, your week and your month and everything, look at this and decide what you're going to do with it is yeah. a gift like no other. I am telling you, it is just absolutely incredible. And that's what essentially you were able to allow yourself to do with these big flips as you were starting out. I mean, this is eight years ago, you're doing this in 2011, getting this going, starting this process. And it it's absolutely incredible. And I agree with you. When you say, you know, it's interesting on, on, on this podcast, many people will say, we've said it a lot. It's it's collaboration, it's not competition. And you said, you know, I'm really competitive. I think what you really mean there is how do you distinguish yourself and your offer and your your process of purchasing properties from somebody else, right? right. Because if you don't distinguish it in a bigger market, if you're just cash as is and pay the closing costs, you're going to get beat by a drum because there's always going to be somebody like the Chinese or somebody else or some some big company or somebody that wants to just live there that has cash. They've made a boatload of money in their career and they're tired of living in Wisconsin and now they want to live in Orange County. You know what I mean? So there is a big, I think that that's what you meant by competition. Is that right?
1: Yes, that is exactly what I meant by competitive um, it was, it's not like, Oh, I'm looking over my shoulder. No, right. it is. Um, I have a website, business cards, letterhead. I mean, Polish, like everything about me is, we look like a real company, yeah. you know, legitimacy, and, and legitimacy, yeah. right. You know, sellers want to know you're a real, you're the real deal. I have a list, a new thing I do, uh, I've been doing is sending a list of The 2019 purchases we've done, you know, to just establish credibility. Yep. So you definitely to be competitive and the number one thing that my God, so many people do not do is answer your phone or call sellers back within the same day. Yep. Sellers will call. And I've heard from so many sellers that they say, well, I called, you know, these other companies, but I still haven't heard back, but you called me right back.
0: Yep. Incredible.
1: Right. That's like business one-on-one. You know, I mean, they can leave a voice. It's not a big deal that you didn't answer the call live, but just like call them back, send them a text, like yep. be available, you know? So that's so, what I mean.
0: So then you decided you're going to go to, uh, where'd you go? Nashville,
1: Nashville,
0: Oklahoma city
1: Mm-hmm. and Tulsa and Tulsa. Okay,
0: And we won't get into the why and how of how you selected it, but let's talk about, let, let's give some instruction here. If somebody's thinking about going into a virtual market, mm-hmm. what do you think are the most important things that they should know before making that decision?
1: Well, you should know what type of market it is. Like, what is the main play there? What are the buyer's doing right so if you're going to be a wholesaler you want to think okay what is the end buyer's game like Mm -hmm. are they flippers like in california are they developers like in nashville where they're knocking homes down building two in its place or is it a renter's market Mm -hmm. and that's the type of market where it's probably more lower price point market um, and you're getting a lot of multi-unit buyers and hedge fund activity. Yep. So let's I would say I, I think of it as like the three end place. And you want to figure out what market do you wanna play in? What pond do you wanna play in? What what do you what do you wanna do? Do you wanna have where you're maybe not doing volume, but when you do a deal, it's a big deal, and that would be more of a flipper or deve- even better a developer market. Mm-hmm. Or do you want more volume where maybe your wholesale fee? Is like seven to ten thousand dollars each, but it's you know coming much more frequently you're doing you know volume, you're doing maybe five to ten deals a month. What do you want to do? Got it so.
0: I think that that's crucial you know it's, it's really interesting. Uh, Phoenix is not a great rental market it's just not the what, what I mean by that and, and same with you know Orange County for probably the same reason, but basically the price versus what you get in rent is not gonna make sense if you have traditional financing on it, right? But, it, it's not gonna cash flow the way it will if you can buy a property for, let's say 100,000 and it rents out for 1% or 1,000 or 1,200. You could buy a house in, in your market probably for like 600,000 that rents for three grand or something. You know what I mean? Like the right, numbers are- I'll give
1: you an example. Set this house sold that I'm in for 745 and I'm renting because I just sold my home. For 3000 bucks a month.
0: Right. There's, yeah, a, so. th- there's a great yeah. example. It's a, no, awesome. it, it is. So guys, really, it's really, really important to determine it when you're going into a new market, who are the cash buyers? Because then you can start catering and then you can start building your cash buyer database and know where right. they're at and where their attention's at and how to market them. If you're sending, right. hey, fix and flip these houses when it's a, a primarily rental cash buyer, it's gonna fly under the radar. But if you're talking about all the rental, all of the metrics when it comes to owning a rental, and you can communicate that effectively, you're gonna sell those properties easier.
1: 100%. And I do think when you're looking into a virtual market, or really if you're just looking to wholesale in your own market, you need to sort of reverse engineer it by going, what are the buyers buying? What prices are they buying at? Because then you know what type of sellers to target and you know what types of offers to give out. Because if you're giving, um, and I'll tell you, I did that in Oklahoma City at first, I was giving flipper type offers out yep. and realizing that, no, the name of the game is ren- renters, you know, rentals. So I didn't really know to like look at what could this generate in rent and where do people really want to buy at? If it say it generates a thousand dollars, where would they want to be, you know, for this type of property? So I wasted a lot of time giving these like flip type offers for a while. Sellers were like, no, that's too low. That's too low. And so I later after speaking with other buyers and also other wholesalers, I realized, okay, i'm I'm offering too low. Yeah. I'm not making the right type of offer, do you, so. do you think that's
0: the best way to do your due diligence when you're looking at a market? Do you think it's just speaking with people that are being successful in there and seeing what's working for them or are you are you relying mm-hmm. on like data from certain you know data providers that show you cash buyers and what they're buying like how do you know you talked about you know reverse engineering? How do you know what buyers are buying in that area
1: so that is a great question. You can use a, a method of both of talking to people and also, um, using data providers. So I use list source. I'll use, I'll say a list source quite a bit here. Sure. Um, and I will pull a list on list source. First thing I want to know is in within the County or just like the Metro area of that County, is there at least a million people in the population? If there's not a million in at least the metro not necessarily within the county but if they call like Oklahoma City as Oklahoma City metro yeah um it might be a market that's a little small um try to get to at least a million okay what i found is that i just run out of people to market to yeah. quicker yeah so um i start with population and then i go okay how many absentee owned purchases are there will we figure that out by going to list source, and that's super easy. Just look at, you can pull a list of absentee purchases within the last six months, and what's that number look like? You know, is it 300 out of, you know, and then you kind of look at the population, and you're like, it's only 300, that seems low, or is it like 1,200, or is it like 5,000? Like, and that kind of gauges, you know, how much activity is going on in that area. If you want to take it a next step, you buy that list. And then you look at the buyers and you organize, you know, the list by zip codes and you say, okay, actually in list source, you don't have to buy the list to do this, but there is a way to look at the zip codes and figure out who's buying or how many purchases are in each zip code for another day. But looking at the main zip codes going, okay, they're all central in this area, you know, stay out of that area You kind of figure out where are the areas people are buying And list source, you can even pull like square footage of the property. These are extras you have to add them in. Um, But you can pull detailed property data. And then you can sort of see like what prices are they buying at. And that all all that data, it helps you reverse engineer and get a plan and decide if this is the place for you. Other things that help are then speaking to people there. So go on Facebook, find um, the local RIA's Facebook forum, get on Wholesale Inc. and say, hey, is there any wholesalers out in Minneapolis, for Mm -hmm. example? um and talk to people and ask them you know how many deals are you doing and if you say is it competitive everybody's gonna say it's competitive okay like across the board i've like heard that a million times so that question is almost uh like irrelevant right um but talking to people okay what kind of buyers do you sell to and from there once you really feel like you've got a market you really like i would suggest getting another wholesaler that's decently active in the area and that you can give your leads to and you guys split the wholesale fee if they're able to move the deal. Got it. When you're starting a virtual market, um, the best, don't even waste any time. Just find a partner. You can maybe have two if you want, maybe three. I know people that have had multiple and, um, negotiate, you know, what, how it's going to work, how the relationship's going to work and say, listen, I'm just getting into whole virtual wholesaling. The benefits to you is I'm just going to give you contracts. When I get a contract, here you go. And you, it's, it's free money. You send it out to your buyers list, call some buyers, try to lock it up. Um, they'll also be responsible for taking photos of the property, meeting the seller face to face and say, Oh yeah, I work with Lauren, yep. uh, you know, to play that. So it looks, um, cohesive to the seller. And um, from there, I usually negotiate a 70, 30 split. I get 70 because my marketing budget. So that that pays for the marketing for the deal. Um, So for them, it's free money. And then I always say upfront, I say, listen, let's get this out of the way because there's probably going to be a point where we're not going to work together anymore because I've gotten familiar with the market." I've built my own buyers list. I might even hire like an employee or whatever. Like, and I just want to put it out there that, you know, this isn't like a forever thing, but it's probably good for 25 grand this year for you or more, depending on how long you work and how much you sell and how well we do. So usually they won't turn that away. I always like tell people, um, I put on my marketing, you know, go ahead, send this to your buyers if you want and add your fee on top or we'll work a you know work a split if you want so um most people will be totally stoked to do with that with you i've 100%. never had anybody yeah. yeah i've never had anyone say no to that yeah when and, people
0: approach us to to help them sell the deals if they were to tell me 30% i'd be like oh all day
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah because i know i know my i know billy bell my disposition manager is going to sell it for the most possible and i know great. that they're going we're going to get more than they ever expected so it's a no brainer you know what i mean like all day long and and we've got a robust and healthy buyer base so it's it's just makes sense
1: yeah yeah it, it really it's a great relationship for them so i would say you start there but on the back end you are working towards you know having your own buyers list yeah. and your own presence there and that is what i did i eventually you know worked my own buyers list um, I, I work to have my own presence there and I organically was able to afford having you know a full-time employee there. Um, you don't even have to get a full-time employee you can get what I, I like to call them runners so a runner is just someone to run errands for you yep. they look nice they're presentable they meet sellers they get you know say a seller's elderly and doesn't have internet and so they need to drop off a contract like they go run that air and drop off a contract. You pay them 15, 20 bucks an hour or, um, and then in person, if they're good enough, like that might end up being where they're like kind of, your all around boots on ground. Yep. person. Um, and people like that, you can find them on Craigslist or, um, I forgot that other one I use, uh, one of those, uh, job boards or, um, realtor's. Like a realtor who's kind of struggling a little bit and, you know, they're getting just getting started in real estate. They could use the extra money and work for you five hours a week, 10 hours a week. That's a perfect person to be a runner for you.
0: Incredible. I love it. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned finding those boots on the ground guys or those runners on on Craigslist. What we've been doing, because we we do a lot of uh, land deals too, is we put a post for like 50 to 70 bucks on Craigslist. And some of these, I mean, people, we get a ton of messages and we look through the ones and then we find somebody that we really like that looks reliable, that has, you know, gives us a little bit of background. And we, we, we send these people to go pick up contracts. We send, send them to, yeah. you know, like just go okay. and, and be uh, friendly to the sellers. And they're great. These are just natural uh, gregarious people that are, you know, expressives out there that love everybody. And it works out really well, yeah, and it's $70. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy yeah. what you can get. And then if you get somebody like that on your staff that can work with you if you're in a virtual market, then you've got boots on the ground to where you can run everything virtually, which is incredible. Um, but what, one thing I want to I switch tracks a little bit here, because one of the things that I really like about your business mind, and this is for everybody out there, is Lauren uses what works. She looks for what works. And if something doesn't work, she gets rid of it and replaces it with what works. So we talked two and a half years ago about TTP. You were doing mail, you were crushing it with mail, you were doing other things, you were crushing it. And then about a year and a half ago, you came and you're like, okay, it's time to TTP. And since then, I mean, it's been, it's worked out unbelievable for you, right?
1: 100%. Yeah. And it's what I wanted to focus on going forward. I have a really, it's funny. I actually have I used to buy direct mail like I would buy postcards in bulk to save money. I have like I think like at 90,000 postcards just waiting at my postcard company for the last year. Yep. this credit balance and they they keep bugging me when do you want to sell send them? When do you want to send them? And I'm like oh, I don't want to honestly because I still have to pay for postage yep. and it's so expensive and I'm making, you know, I'm doing better with TTP. I mean, honestly, the cost per deal is much better. Yep. So, yeah, I think the benefits with uh, what I felt like with TTP was you're not just waiting around for a seller to come to you. It, it really is just it, it's nice to be more proactive instead of reactive. I always use the example of like me, for example, right now I'm looking to paint this place. I just rented this place and it's this awful green color, which you can see behind me. And I've like wanted to paint. I've been wanting to paint. I, I keep like kind of, you know, like calling different painters and what the one guy I usually use, he you know, quoted me too much. And I was like, can't just like a painter just come up to me right now? Because like, if they did, I probably would have like jumped on it. If they gave a reasonable price, like, you know, jumped on it faster, but I kind of just gave up and was yeah. like, and eh. I didn't like Ed's price. I don't feel like calling anyone really. If somebody like came up to me and was like, Hey, by the way, I'm painting houses in the neighborhood. You know, I'll offer you a good deal. I would have been like, yeah, come this weekend. But like, I just haven't. Cause I'm, bu- I'm just, I'm busy, right. you know? And that's what sellers are a lot of sellers have it in their mind to sell a property. It's mm-hmm. either sitting vacant or they have this horrible tenant in it. Or they have like a freeloading family member and it's really awkward and they don't want to kick the person out, but they kind of need the money. And then it's like, they just get this call and, it, you know, and it's like, oh, actually, yeah, you know what? And then they could tell their freeloading family member, like, you know, I wasn't thinking of selling, but she called me and yep. she's buying houses in the area. So it's like it creates deals out of thin air, really. Yep. So I it like does. it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
0: I'm a big fan. Let's dig in. You know, you've done 40 deals this year. Is there one specifically that stands out that we can talk about and break down on this? Because it's real important to break down actual results. You have one that kind of sticks out that we can ring this bell and make everybody excited and really understand how this works in real life.
1: Oh God, when you do that many, I don't feel like I have one that like stands out
0: of the 40 that you've done. What right. income does that equate to you so far this year?
1: Uh, let me look. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me look. Putting you, you on want. the
0: spot. That's my what
1: average. Is. Let's just say you're putting me on the spot, but my average wholesale fee is about ten thousand.
0: Okay. So, so four hundred thousand this year.
1: Gross, though. Gross. Like not, Yeah. Gross. I get it,
0: but I mean, Speaking your your, your no, business from picking up the phone and talking to people is about four hundred thousand.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was just trying to. I, I just wanted to ring the bell, so I was just trying to get you, you to the point where you give me okay. something to ring yeah, the bell. Yeah, no,
1: comes to forty, I'm like, I don't know a specific one that stood out because it's just a That's bunch of junk. That's because you're virtual.
0: You, must, you virtual guys are so crazy. It's just like checks in, yeah. the, in your account. You don't even know where these properties were, what the deal was, what the list.
1: It's I crazy. actually I do stay pretty um, uninvolved too. I, I have acquisition side and disposition, so I'm in charge. My job is just marketing um, and networking and seeing what works. So I spend a lot of my time just talking to guys like you. Yep. Hey guys, what's working for you now, and, and then implementing it in my business, um, and then checking the results and making sure like my acquisitions team is actually working, working the leads I'm bringing in, looking at the leads that come in. How many do we have, like? I'm just doing KPIs all day. Like yep. that's, that's my job. So.
0: So if yeah. somebody wants to reach out to you, um, is it better to send you a message through Instagram or something? How do people follow you?
1: Honestly, um, I'm on Instagram so you can DM me. It's, uh, this mom flips and, uh, or you can email me. I don't know if you do show notes or what do you do there? Yeah. But yeah. We do show. Yeah, E-L-E-D E-L-E-D is good too. Lauren at tmfrealestate.com. That stands for This Mom Flips. Um, I so, love that. yeah, me and love to
0: chat. And you're a single mom of two little girls.
1: Yeah, six and eight.
0: So, so I mean, having, having your schedule available is number
1: one. 100%. And it's great. I mean, I can pick them up after school and that's what I do. That was a big thing for me growing up. My mom worked corporate world and I never saw her and um, you know, I thought, God, I got to do it different. Like I, I got to be able to pick up my kids from school. So it's really, it's an honor. It's great to be able to, you know, pick up the kids from school and this business has afforded me that, um, I'll say this business isn't always easy. It's very, it's very tough and people underestimate that. Um, but it's stressful, you know, there, there's definite stresses, but just the fact that freedom of schedule, that was, that's always been my motivation. That is still like, it's still in front of me. Like you could work for a company. Like it's always there. I keep that in my head. Like if you don't hustle today, like you're going to have to get a job Yep. <laughs> and you don't know want, you don't want to do that. Right. So right. keep working. Yeah. So
0: incredible. So- incredible. Well, thank you, Lauren, for joining us. Uh, Reach out to her if you guys are thinking about a virtual strategy or if you're in the Orange County area, definitely reach out. Uh, She is a phenomenal resource. And for all you crazy, proactive people out there that is looking to join the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check out the page see what the program's about. Go check out all the testimonials. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. Join uh, Lauren and so many other uh, incredible professionals around the country that have implemented TTV in their business and been wildly successful. So check that out. Uh, Lauren, thank you again for joining us. Say goodbye to everybody.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me, Brett.
0: You got it. And everybody out there, thank you for listening. And I encourage you always to talk to people. Till next time. Love you. See ya.